0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Modern Times podcast. I'm um, associate managing editor Wayne Chutsky and I'm joined by our publisher and czar, John Buzel. We'll, tack- we'll be tackling sports again today. Uh, this time, we're going to be talking about the Cardinals and, more specifically, what the future looks like for the Cardinals since the playoffs. The Boo-Birds. <laughs> yeah, the Boo Birds once again, as the playoffs are basically out of the picture following another close loss um, so I think the first thing that needs to be addressed really is the quarterback situation I mean, Carson Palmer's probably coming back for another year maybe two I think it would be a stretch to say two he has shown his age a bit this year so what do you think they do there do you think they go for another veteran and just keep playing that Kurt Warner card <laughs> trying to bring in a veteran for a couple of years and see if they can do well
1: you what do they do with Larry Fitzgerald? You know, is, is Fitz going to come back? Is uh, David Johnson from there? I and mean, you, you would have to say, yeah, you still have a window. Um, but it's not so much like uh, baseball, and um, you, you have a certain So if you can find a young quarterback who delivered, deliver. For that, so, um, you know, that's what I would see. Is that, you know, you gotta get somebody who can play. It doesn't matter whether they're old or young. Sometimes more flashy kind of guy, um, but you know, like we talk about, he's in the postseason. The Cardinals have the playoff. I a lot of time and that's and that's gonna play in A
0: lot of the Yeah, I would say that. I mean, in terms of that veteran market, is there anyone even out there who kind of fits that mold? I mean, the only person that really comes to mind is Tony Romo, but that even that's yet to be determined because, you know, Dak Prescott could still get pulled and they put him back in and then he's with the Cowboys for a few more years plus he's got a monster contract that they'd have to take on because he's under contract for a few more years so I don't really see any other veterans around the league that fit that mold anyway Hold on one second, I just lost your connection can you hear me? Uh, I lost you. How about uh, former Wildcat Nick Bull? Yeah, he just seems to me like another Kevin Cobb. He was really good, wasn't that? Wasn't that still Andy? Was Andy Reid there when he was a uh, ripping it apart with the Eagles, or was that Chip Kelly? You
1: know, he puts big games together. I think so, he he you did. You never know what's gonna happen, but I I've always liked it, so. You know, that's what I see, but again, I don't know much. I'm a fan. It's like a like fan
0: podcast. Yeah. He just, it's just that what worries me about him is that he did it in a system that is kind of good at making mediocre quarterbacks look better than they are, and then when he went to other teams, he didn't fare nearly as well. Now he started
1: behind your boy out quick,
0: though. Well, that's true.
1: Um, I know you've always liked. Him.
0: I do. I Maybe love. we can find him away. I do love noodle-armed five-yard passes as much as the next guy. <laughs> but I think an Alex Smith type might be the way to go for the Cardinals next, because with Dave Johnson, you need to. I think you need to build your team around him. You. There could be an argument right now made that he's the best running back in the NFL. He's pretty damn good. I mean, he's right up there with.
1: You, you, you saw that a few weeks ago, where he did, did the uh, like the triple jump, left and right.
0: Yeah. And he's yeah That's he,
1: impressive.
0: he's equally effective as a pass catcher and a runner. Really, the only other guy who's got that skill set is Le'Veon Bell, and he's obviously considered potentially the best running back in the NFL. I think, um, like you said with Larry Fitzgerald before, I I what I've heard is that Fitzgerald is tied to Palmer. When Palmer goes, Fitzgerald's going because he doesn't want to go through another Derrick Anderson, Max Hall, John Skelton, Kevin Cobb situation where it's a revolving door of crappy quarterbacks. So but even beyond that, they do have talent at the wide receiver position if John Brown can return to form. Um, with recent news of Michael Floyd, I'd say he's probably gone. With his uh Oh,
1: well, you know, maybe now you get him a discount. because but
0: do you even want him at a discount? He hasn't even been playing like a good fourth receiver this year. And I don't think he's worth the headache. It?
1: It, 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 it's kind of like, you know, I know they don't have the stat of football, but it's like you know, it wins above replacement. And like uh, you said, Carson Porter must be struggling
0: with, if you're replacing with Max Hall. with a matter much. No, but I'd say... I but I but just My argument with Michael Floyd is that he's... He has the ego of a number one or a number two receiver, but he hasn't proven it. So, would he even accept a lesser position? I, he's going to be disgruntled. He doesn't, obviously, he's not over the kind of demons that plagued him in college, because as proven by recent events, his DUI and all that. So, I just don't know that he's a good fit to come back. Another thing brought up by if they decide to continue building around David Johnson, though, is what does that say about Bruce Arians? He's a air-it-out offensive mind, and if you're building around a running back, that's why he got fired in Pittsburgh, is that they said they wanted to run it more with Le'Veon Bell, and he wouldn't do it. They wanted to keep uh, Ben Roethlisberger upright a little more, and uh, so they eventually let him go. So I don't know if that bodes well for him. There's already some tension with him brewing with the... He's already said there's no way he's firing his special teams coach so I don't know how the organization feels about that, but that seems like something that has to be considered in the off season. So all sorts of tension building there.
1: Yeah, I you it know, it's almost a flashback to the previous years where now you're actually talking about changing coaches when you're 13 and three. you, you struggle a little bit on special, special the football games.
0: Yeah, and it's easy to say, "Oh, wow, this coach is great. His mentality is great. His attitude's great when you're 13 and 3." Because who wouldn't be happy when they're 13 and 3? But I think we're starting to see a little bit of who Bruce Arians is personality-wise on the negative side now that they're losing, and maybe the reason that he never had a head coaching job up until this point in his career, he's starting to show himself to be a bit unwilling to modify his schemes, modify his outlook when the going gets tough and I think if you look at the best coaches there are out there yeah they're stringent in what they do but they have the ability to adapt I mean even Bill Belichick who no one would no one would paint him as a guy who's willing to accept outside views but I mean if you look at his offense over the years it's changed from dink and dunk when he's got underneath receivers and when Randy Moss comes in he becomes a high-flying offense Randy Moss sets the record for most receiving touchdowns in a year like even he has the ability to adapt to what he has and I haven't seen that from Bruce Arians. All I've seen is excuses since they started struggling. After every game, it's well it's it's well we didn't get these calls and we dropped this many passes and it's not the coach's fault. We prepared them in practice. Getting the locker room in line is up to them. And I, that to me sounds like how you lose a locker room. And once you lose the locker room, that's when you lose your job, because if the players aren't listening to you, then what, do you so what are you
1: think? were you feeling among Arians then too? Yeah, I mean it sounds
0: like it. Yeah, I mean it's just it gets grating after a while to see a team lose a game again and again and again, and it's not because and it it's just sloppy. It's not because they're outclassed by the other team. They've been the better team on paper in most of their losses, but it just seems like whether it's sloppy special teams play, not just the missed kicks and punts and poor punts, because that is more on the player, but players not. Hitting their lanes on spe- on uh, punt coverage, and offensive linemen missing their assignments, and even Carson Palmer making poor decisions, like it, and wide receivers running poor routes or dropping the ball. A lot of that in any on any other team, you'd put it down to preparation, and that has to be on the coaches. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not embedded with the club. You have to say that there's something going on where. Uh, he was, he, in preseason, he was put in the hospital, he's out of the hospital a few times since I think just been not you know, out as much as his assistant part of the show. I wonder if that could be able.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's some of it, but I think that a lot of it also has to do with the fact that he's losing. I mean, we haven't, in Arizona, we haven't seen losing Arians before. I mean, even when they missed the playoffs before, they still went 10-6, and six, and everyone was pretty high on them. So now that he's continually losing and not having any success, I think that might have played into the medical issues. I think he's stressed out of his mind because he, for two years, he was kind of the darling of the league, and any time they ran into trouble, he fixed it, and they had that high-flying offense that nobody could stop, and now they're running into trouble, and he's had basically the same problem since game one, and they have not been able to fix them so I, I mean right. that could give the most calm person an ulcer and Bruce Arians is not the most calm person you
1: know playing play a difficult advocates at the same time can you maintain the kind of level of that they had over the past two years and then can you just have just a bad season like they're having this year could you you know it, oh, I think I guess
0: you know the future tells you that but um, what does your sense tell you so that, okay, it, it, it kind of makes to feel like you're saying, saying that, that there's definitely a conflict issue here so would you make a change at the top of these? I wouldn't make a change yet but I would at I wouldn't give him too much autonomy at the same time when he comes out and says, when they have the worst special teams unit in the league and then he comes out and says well I'm not firing my coach that's not happening just off the bat which he said yesterday or the day before it's That I wouldn't give him that level of autonomy because we've had problems with that before. Ken Wisenhunt came in here, lit it up early. Everyone was high on him, and they gave him way too much control over personnel decisions. And look where that got him. Ken Wisenhunt was a really good offensive coordinator who managed to bring in some pretty good defensive guys to complement his style and got them doing well. But then when he started trying to develop To actually draft quarterbacks and then develop them—that's what got him into trouble. So I would say I would try. I would keep him around. He's done enough in this, to with the Cardinals and just overall in his career to warrant that. Don't get rid of him after two years, especially after they had such recent success. But I would definitely have more of it. Kime's a good GM. He needs to be making the personnel decisions. That's where I would draw the line. So
1: you do think I mean because we don't know exactly who. We're not in the locker room, I and mean, even if we were, we probably wouldn't be prone to is a to <laughs> But it's obviously seems like you're still taking time to making the right
0: decisions. Um, was uh, Matthew, you know, signing Kyle Matthew to that long-term deal one of the biggest? I, I think it's still yet to be seen. When we, when he was coming off his last major injury. The immediate season after was pretty mediocre, and then once he was really feeling fully healthy, this was last season when he was in talks for Defensive Player of the Year before he got hurt again. Obviously, there's that injury issue. I mean, that's there, but he's a fan. He's a fan favorite player who, when he is healthy, is completely dominant on the field, and he's a game changer. So I don't. I'm not too upset about that risk. I think we still have time to see how that'll work out. Um. I heard I and that you know about how much money they you know they talked about how things kind of they go sideways when when Big flew in Petr- to helicopters and train and you know it, it's possible at all that it's just kind of this walker just, just, they're not they're not a fan of brothers or a couple of billionaires in the corner. yeah I think I mean that's what it looks like on the field at least because there's no reason a lot of these players should be making um, the mistakes they're making and I don't know it seems like, like, yeah, locker room is in disarray is what it looks like. They're not playing like a cohesive unit. And, you know, they asked Bruce Arians about that a few weeks ago, and he said, well, that's on them. And some of the players didn't seem to respond too well to that. They didn't outright disagree with it, but they kind of just said, well, that's what he said, and so he knows better than I do. It didn't seem and Patrick Peterson just said no comment. So I don't know. I'm of the opinion that the whole reason the coach is there, the coach is kind of the coach is the teacher in the classroom. The coach is there to keep everything in line. Yes, they're grown men, but they're grown men pumped full of testosterone who are running around smashing into each other all day and getting paid millions of dollars. So sometimes they need someone else there to give them a little perspective on a situation. And I think that's what a coach is there for. And it doesn't appear that Bruce Arians is doing that. Um, but only time will tell I mean yeah, like you said we're not in the locker room we don't know they had that television show go in the locker room I didn't watch it um, not a big fan of that kind of stuff yeah but
1: even that you know is edited
0: or the, yeah. or the sure know, I'm sure there's some sort of you know NFL approval kind of walls that stuff. sure yeah so I don't know I, I think the big picture here is what we're saying is this is a team in disarray they seem to have most of the pieces there those many of them are injured. That's another thing we haven't discussed: is that they have had a ton of injuries. Right. Um, but when when healthy, most of their pieces are in place. They could definitely use a little more help in the defensive backfield on the right side of the offensive line, and need their wide receivers playing up to potential. But I mean, they're one of. I mean, go, there was a reason going into the season they were one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I think a combination of expectations. I think some guys got a little, uh, read a little too many of their own headlines. And then, like we said before, this, there's some sort of rift in the locker room that we don't know the full details of. And then, that, and, then the right. inju- and then the injuries. I think the combination of all those things is kind of what sunk them. I'd give the injuries a little more credence, except for the fact that the problems they were having in Game 1 when they were about as healthy as they were going to be, the same problems that they're having today. Carson Palmer wasn't hitting his receivers in the chest. His receivers were dropping balls when he had a healthy offensive line. So.
1: Yeah, and, and, and do you see that they're going to be able to, or that they're going to fight back in these last three games now? Or is this going to be kind of fall apart
0: mode? Do they play hard um, for these last three games? Well, according to Steve... I don't see it. According to Steve Keim... That's that's what he's going to be looking for to see who's going to be on the team next year, Um and according to Bruce Arians, it's the right answer,
1: but do you sure, think it's actually going to translate.
0: I I don't see how you could fully do that. I think some of the guys who are on the bottom end of the depth chart for sure, because they see it as their opportunity to maybe jump up a spot. But when you're like a veteran, even some of the veterans with really good reputations, your Larry Fitzgeralds what have you, I just can't see how when you're not playing for anything, especially when you're getting up there in your career and you don't want to get hurt. I don't see how you could give a 100%. Um, I know the Cardinals just called up Zach Dysert from the practice squad. Their third-string quarterback, likely just to hold kicks because they're getting rid of Butler.
1: Yeah, going to fix the
0: season. Cause they're, well, because they're getting rid of Butler, but... Do you think that potentially it's also because they're not going to play Palmer all the way through because they don't want him to get hurt? Because what's the – I mean, Palmer's more fragile now that he's up there in age and
1: right.
0: there's like – you're in, you know, you're f- – what are they now, 5-7-1? What's the mm-hmm. – I mean, say they lose another game or two and they're no chance at the playoffs. What's the point in getting Palmer hurt – especially with this offensive line that's down to fourth stringers in some spots.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the hard part about when they, if the line gives up, then you have serious problems.
0: Yeah, and that's... Uh, and,
1: because then that's when quarterbacks get hurt. And, and I don't... Get hurt.
0: The line's the only one of the ones I'm not too worried about giving up only because most of the guys who are now playing on the line are fighting for right, jobs. Whether it's with the Cardinals or some other team, they're auditioning. But... Do they have the skills, even if they're not giving up, do they have the skills really to stand up week after week against top competition? Because, like Kiwi said, they're not starters. There's a reason they're not starters. So...
1: Now, do we see the uh, teams actually bouncing back next year? Or is it going to be the same, uh, you know, with the same players? You know, and I know we kind of talked about this when we started, and, you know, kind of coming full circle again. Major changes happen new quarterback or do we you know see him coming back with the same cast and crew but with better results
0: um I think they'll come back mainly with the same cast and crew I think they will give a little more credence to some of the holes that they had I think I was a little surprised this offseason with that second cornerback position it seemed like they were just kind of waiting for something to fall in their lap like oh if someone good comes along we'll take it and that's kind of how they ended up with Marcus Cooper, who's been starting opposite. And Cooper looked good at first; he had a really good first game with the team, and he was decent. But he's been getting pretty exposed these past couple of weeks, and Bethel has just looked awful when he's gotten in there. So I think they might. Be
1: surprised in any way? You know, we've kind of talked about Patrick Peterson. Would you be surprised at all if he can get traded?
0: That I would. I think you don't. Those, really? I I would those players that shut down corner types, because amidst all of this, he's had another phenomenal year. They're just not even throwing it. I mean, he's gotten to um, kind of Revis point at when Revis was at the top of his game, where they're barely throwing at him, and when they do throw at him, he's shutting the guys down pretty well. So I I. If this were a baseball team, yeah, I'd be like a team like this might trade him to bring back a big haul. But football just isn't the same. You're not going to bring back three top tier contributors for one star player. It's just not going to happen. So you get draft picks, and draft picks are a crapshoot. Even with a record like Kimes, which is pretty good with a few misses, draft picks aren't don't guarantee you anything. So um, I don't see I don't see him getting traded anywhere. I. I really don't see anyone getting traded. I see some people not coming back like your Floyds getting released. Yeah, I, or just not getting re-signed like Michael Floyd. Mm-hmm. I think some team will offer some crappy team will offer him a contract above what he's worth because of his potential. I see Michael Floyd being in the mix for the number 1 or number 2 receiver role with the Browns next year, something of that nature. All
1: right.
0: Across from Terrell Pryor. Um so I see some things like that, some people not coming back, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think they're going to make any major splashes in terms of just getting rid of people. Do you see what you see,
1: the need? do you think The biggest need, you think Palmer's taking a project quarterback? In, uh, I think yeah, I think did,
0: they, I think they, they, yeah, I think they need to get a quarterback. I mean, Palmer's not lasting forever. Palmer's his, and he's not even like Warner, where he's going to retire at the top of his game. His skills are declining. He, I think he had a fluky once-in-a-career year last year, and what we're seeing this year is what we're going to get. It's good. It's above league average, but it's not MVP caliber. Right. So I don't think it could hurt to invest in a quarterback that actually has a chance of being good. The one name that's intrigued me is Mike Glennon from Tampa Bay, who was – a pretty decent first round prospect i think he was a first round pick a uh, prospect coming out and he had some decent years with them but then they had the chance to get Jameis winston and so they went that direction but he um i was looking up his stats and you know he had a qu- he's never played a full season just because he was a young quarterback so he wasn't getting a full chance but he was having he had a pretty good touchdown to interception ratio was a good quarterback rating his um Accuracy could use some improvement, but he's a young quarterback. He's built in the Bruce Arians mold. He's a tall guy with a big arm. So I think and he's gonna be a free agent at the end of the year. I think there's gonna be a bidding war because the quarterback market is so thin and there's so many teams that need them. I don't think he'll get Osweiler money just because he didn't kind of make that kind of splash with a playoff team like Osweiler did, but I think he will you will have to pay him more than his stats thus far have shown him worth, but it might it could be worth it.
1: And the defensive backfield—the other real weakness
0: you see him. Um, yeah, need no address. I'd say the defensive backfield, specifically the cornerbacks. I think they're actually they're pretty decent at safety. The only issue is that I believe Tony Jefferson is going to be a free agent, and he's having a one hell of a contract year. So, but DJ Swearinger, who's been filling in for Taron Matthew, is more of a strong safety, and he's you know he's been pretty solid for them ever since he came in halfway through last year. So. But cornerback, I they need a. I think they need someone along to pair up with Patrick Peterson. Chandler
1: Jones. Did Chandler Chandler Jones. Come back? Um,
0: I hope so. I, know, I think they have him for another year, right? I mean, uh, I contract no, contract. no. I think th- I think his contract is up. I believe he's a free agent. Uh-huh. And I hope he comes back because I think he's he's been a great. He, that was a great trade for them. I think he has lived up to right. everything he was supposed to be. He's getting the sacks. He's disrupting the line. He's been really good against the run. It's just gonna do. It just comes down to money. Can you make it work? My gut says that they wouldn't have made that trade if they didn't have in the back of their mind that they thought they could make it work. So, I would imagine he's coming back. Um, and, and then that the, offensive you know, line.
1: might been some feeling we've we heard about Nick and D.J. Supposedly, he's been a poster. They say his working. Work ethic isn't there.
0: He hasn't been playing all
1: that much. Yeah, and so don't I mean even help on the line. Maybe uh, especially because you lose Collin Campbell.
0: Yeah, cuz they yeah, like he he's up too and yeah, Kim DJ hasn't done much, so that's a that's kind of a big question mark I think. Same thing with the right side of the offensive line is um, you know, they had some high hopes over there. Um I'm I'm blanking on the name of the tackle. Their right tackle, the rookie from a year ago has actually been was playing decent before he went down with a little injury, but I think they could definitely use a little bit of bolstering on the line just with all these injuries. It's kind of proven that they need a little more depth there. The center position, potentially. But, yeah, I think you know, those... Wayne, I, I think it's, a you know, for us long-time Cardinals fans, it's,
1: it's more of the back-to-normal. I know we've talked about it a few times, but it really is, you know, we're not talking about playoffs at this point, we're talking about next year, and it kind of feels like an old sweater.
0: I mean, it does, but I'm still, even with all the crap this year, I still have a little bit of optimism for next year because they've had recent uh-huh. success. That was never something I had growing up. It was always like, oh, let's wait till next year when we're going to go 3 and 13 again. <laughs> like yeah, so but it
1: there was never a like David Johnson in the backfield. No, right?
0: that's and that's a big thing. Even when the Cardinals have been good recently, they've never had a good running back. Right. So, yeah, that's why that's I think that's a game changer right there for them cuz he he's he's not only is he a very talented running back who can do everything but he is one of these bigger guys, he's built pretty solidly, so he's I think as much as an NFL running back can be, he's built to last. But even then, even the running back, the best running backs, the window's not that big, so I think you have to kind of make this thing work while well, you've got it cuz you've already spent wasted 11 what or 13 years of Larry Fitzgerald's career without a Super Bowl, you don't want to do that with another All Star, top five type of player. So. You
1: know, the only thing I think we can really hope is that we don't end up getting a streak as long as the Cubs, because I think Cardinals fans, the Arizona Cardinals football fans, and, and Chicago Cubs fans have a lot in common. I think it's a lot of waiting until next year, even after a good years. Yeah. And hopefully, we you know turn the corner and next year is the year.
0: Yeah, I think they. I think they just really need to kind of. Take a deep breath. I think, and by they I mean the coaching staff and management. Players are going to have to take a look, obviously, but players are held a lot more accountable because most of them can get cut with impunity. You know, mm-hmm. outside of signing bonuses, most of them can get cut without a, a dollar left. So I think the coaches, the management really need to like look and really see what fundamental issues they had this year because it's super disappointing year. They need to see what cause what where the cracks are. I think there are some obvious things. In terms of turnover, I think they're gonna, we're gonna see a new punter, a new kicker, next year. Um, but I mean, honestly, I'd like to see a new special teams coach as well, which Aaron said isn't gonna happen. So I think they need to sit
1: There's back. From ASU. That's I, I
0: actually brought that up, but that's if you're willing to use a draft pick on a kicker. a
1: draft pick on him?
0: Because I, and to me, honestly, if he's as good in the NFL as he was in college to me it's not a wasted draft pick because kicker as we've seen kickers can decide games and they actually most often do so if he's good if he's if he's a top tier kicker who's going to be able to kick in the clutch then that's fine use a draft pick on him but i don't see i know a lot of nfl types don't have that kind of opinion they're like we'll pick one up off the scrap heap but I think maybe this year in the NFL may have changed a lot of people's minds, only because there's been so many bad kickers this year. So I think Not easy. No. Yeah. I mean, and look at the Card- I mean, the Raiders, yeah, it was during their awful years. that uh, they used a high end draft pick on a kicker and he's right. he's still kicking for them though. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. might yeah. have seemed yeah. foolish. Yeah, it might have seemed foolish at the time. They're a crappy team, and they're using a the thing on a kicker, and they probably only got him because Al Davis saw him kick like a forty-five mile field goal. But I mean, he's still with the team. That crazy Polish guy is still with the team. <laughs> Past all the bacterial foot infections and everything he's gone through, he's still kicking sixty-yard field goals for the Raiders, and now they're good, and they can ha- and they can use a quarter uh, a kicker like that. Kickers right. get a bad rap, you know, as a wasted draft pick. But the thing is, is, if you find a good one, you can keep him on your team for 20 years, and he will still be contributing right. in that 20th year. So, if you can get Zane Gonzalez yeah, for a sixth.
1: Well, yeah, and the thing like is. A free
0: is a one. The thing is, the, the lineup, at least prior to this season, was so stacked with the Cardinals that they had to get rid of six seventh round picks anyway. Right. So. If you can get Zane Gonzalez or a similar impact-type kicker for a 6th or a 7th-round pick, then I say, why not? Mm -hmm. Because what are you going to get instead, a practice squad tackle? Right. Or a a third-string linebacker, a special teamer. The thing is, is the Cardinals have great special teams players. I think they're just trying to do too many other things with them. Because I think uh, the downfall of Bethel as a special teams player was when they started trying to make him a starting cornerback. He's an excellent special teamer. Just let him do that. And then Britton Golden got hurt, and so they don't have him left. But he was a really good special teamer, too. So I think they'll get some help in terms of players back in that realm, and then they just need a little bit more direction, a new coach, in my opinion.
1: Well, there is next year, and there is next month. So we can see how the Cardinals ended their season next year, next next month. and Maybe look forward to uh, the draft and some other things
0: coming up. Yeah, and we will... Revisit the end of the season once uh, the Cardinals season wraps up, which will likely be after Week 17, and uh, see what decisions they made in terms and how hard they played to uh, play it out. And uh, like what feels normal for us Cardinals fans, we will look forward to next year.
1: Amen okay. for that.
0: There's always 2017. There's always insert next year. The airport today. Yeah, thanks for calling in from the airport today, and I hope you get some socks. Some warm socks. That won't and locate. hopefully, I won't be stuck in Seattle because I can't take the <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, and uh, tune in next week.